Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. But who is that new person? Who has God created us to be? What is our identity in Christ? That's what we're going to talk about today. We've got Tom Wolf with Identity and Destiny joining us today. Tom, welcome back to I Work For Him. That's good to be here, Jim. You wanted to focus today on identity. Why don't you talk a little bit about your identity in Christ? What do you know about who you are in Christ? Well, I know what the Bible says. I'm a child of God. I'm adopted into the family, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that I've come to know is that Christ has an individual identity for each one of us. If you think of uh, Gideon, story of Gideon, which I mentioned many times, the angel of the Lord came to him, and here's this little guy hiding. Yeah, hiding, and the angel of the wheat. Lord yeah. says, "Almighty oh, warrior." Well, that was the identity that God had for him, and He has an identity like that for each one of us. So, what is your identity? What did what did God when you first went through this process for yourself? What did God reveal to you? He said that I am a source of focus and strength. And the first time I presented that to uh, one of my coaches, sitting in a uh, probably an IHOP, IHOP, and across the table, he sat back in the bench and he goes, wow, that is so you. And that's what you want to hear. There's the validation. There's the confirmation. 
that you really heard what God has for you, that's, what he thinks of you. And that's cool. A, per, a person of force and strength. No, that's what you said. Focus. Focus and strength. I like that. I got to write it down. So a, source, a source. A source of focus and strength. And was that right as you were going through the process the first time when you were developing these materials as you're teaching your Sunday school class through these materials? Is that when that was revealed to you or is it before that? Well, it was as I was uh, going through and really uh, creating the whole program, which, you know, I read like 40 books on purpose and went through some seminars and everything. And uh, as I worked on these things, especially identity, uh, uh, using the disciplines that we teach in our workbook, I was able to come up with a couple of words that uh, uh, the Lord gave me. Uh, they weren't my creation. I didn't sit down and say, oh, what am I? Let's go inside. It was like, okay, Lord, speak to me. Who do you see me to be in your eyes? Now, here's the thing. When we take people through identity and destiny, and they come up with their identity, and they've really gotten this from the Lord, people break down in tears. Because this is like getting the blessing from your father that most of us in the Western culture do not get. So we're getting the blessing of who we are and who we're going to grow into from our ultimate father. How good is that? It's very good. Think of that. It's very good. When I went through the process, I got my identity statement, kind of kind of combined identity and destiny statement because it's really all in one for me, which is, it's different, I know, for everybody, but three o'clock in the morning on September 3rd, 2013, and I'm like, I never could have thought about that myself. I never could have come up with that myself. Yeah. Purposefully equipping, vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. It is what I'm passionate about, but I never could have put those words together. And, and it was just like you said, it was like a blessing being spoken on me by my Heavenly Father. Because yes. I never I never would have guessed that. But And it's fun. And I can feel that when I'm on the radio and we're talking about what we're talking about today and every day on I Work For Him as we really help people recognize that their workplace is their mission field, regardless of what it may be, whatever your workplace may be, it brings me incredible energy. I love this. And we're challenging people all over the country. I mean, our show today is going to be heard thousands of times over the next several years. So, I mean, that's what I'm excited about. We're going to talk today about identity. And really, I, I, I imagine we're going to get halfway through the conversation because I know once I get you going, it's like this, this freight train going downhill. But the, what? just really, really quick, what is identity? Identity is who you are as opposed to what you do. Now give me an example. In this Western culture, we don't ask questions like, who are you? So if we were to ask that of a group of people, what would they say? Identity and destiny played a real part in my walk with the Lord. I was exposed to it in early 2013, and I kept blowing it off, blowing it off. One of my friends kept telling me I needed to take it. And when I finally went through, I really heard the words of the Lord on my heart as I went through this to help me understand what my focus is to be for the second half of my life. And that's what I was really seeking. We're talking today with Tom Wolf. He and his wife, Pam, are the founders of Identity and Destiny. They've got a workbook they put together called Finding Your Sweet Spot. You can find out more about them online at identityanddestiny.com. Tom, you mentioned right before the break that identity is finding out who you are. Correct. What do you mean? Well, uh, like I said, in Western culture, we don't talk like that. If you walked up to somebody and said, who are you? They'd probably say, uh, well, I'm an attorney or uh, I'm they a salesman. They might just say Tom Wolf. I'm Tom Wolf. <laughs> so, no, they talk about what they do, 
we don't talk in terms of who we are and being. And seriously, this is one of the most powerful aspects because our situation in life actually reflects what our identity is. So if you look at people, you can really see what their identity is by the way they dress, by the way they act, by the people they hang out with. We tell everybody what we think of ourselves overtly, more than we can imagine. Uh, One way that you could test this is go to a bunch of your friends and sit down and say, who am I? I tell you, after they stumble over a bunch of words, they would have a really hard time doing it because we just don't talk like that in this culture. But identity in identity and destiny really, really gets the heart of it. Mm. And as I think about, as I describe myself to people, who I am, I know I talk more about my destiny in being the purposefully equipping, but I identify myself to, hey, I'm a black and white brick used, because a lot of people say, well, you're a velvet brick. No, no, no. I'm just black and white brick. There's no velvet on me at all. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm created to pronounce the gospel in the workplace boldly with that brick. So this person's identity. So you're saying that in in other cultures that actually is spoken into them. A lot of times it's actually given to them in their name, isn't it? Correct. Name has part of it. Uh, If you think about the Pharisees, when they come out to uh, John the Baptist, they didn't say, what are you doing? They said, who are you? And what did he say? I'm a reed blowing in the desert. That's right. He did, didn't he? (laughs) Interesting. I never thought about that way. That's pretty cool. Identity. It's throughout the whole Bible. Well, and, and I know that the Jewish culture is extraordinarily good about speaking, using name to speak. I mean, Jacob was, you know, Jacob was a liar. He was a deceiver, a great deceiver. You know, and, and, and those their names meant a lot. You know, Sarah, Sarai went to Sarah being, a, you know, mother of nations. And it was, a, it, it, their name spoke into them. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a part lot. of it. But we're not yeah. talking about changing our name, but we're talking about recognizing our identity. Yes, who we are. It's the kind of thing that uh, if you were in a group of five or six people, and let's say you got, and they knew you well, and they got, you got up and left the room. You left. You said, hey, I got to go home. What would leave? What would leave? That's who you are. That's what you bring to the table, okay? And that's why it's so important to get that, because when you get it from the Lord, you know who you are. It impacts every aspect of your life. It impacts your career. It impacts your relationships. It impacts your finances. It's because who do we believe ourselves to be? If you believe yourself to not be anything of value, not be anything important, guess what? That's what you become. It's a self-fulfilling thing. But how does it get to be a self-fulfilling prophecy You know, when, when it's really God has designed our identity? I mean, he, he built it into our DNA when we were, when we were created— in our mother's womb. I mean, he, he knew our names before we were created. He knew our identity before we were created. Yet, the when you talk about somebody being a, a having, they believe themselves to be a failure, believe themselves to be something that's negative, isn't that more the enemy speaking into their identity as opposed to their Heavenly Father? The enemy trying to overcome what the Father has already built into people? Well, it's it goes back to where do we get our identity? Okay. Yes, God has an identity for us, but unless we seek it, unless we ask for it, unless we pray for it, we don't get it because we get our identity from our parents, our family, sometimes, you know, the culture, the nationality group that you're born in. You get some identity from that. You get it from your siblings. You get it from going to school. You get it from events at school. 
I mean, I remember a story of a, a man who, when he was young, he uh, had ADD and uh, had dyslexia before they really knew what these things were. And this person experienced this horrible event of a teacher actually ridiculing them in front of the class because they couldn't read and they couldn't do these things. That man got an identity of no value, not being smart, and he carried that through his entire life. It impacted his entire life. But he got that from somebody who knows nothing, okay? TV, the magazines, Hollywood, the movies. They're constantly trying to tell you who you are and whether or not you're good enough, whether or not you're great, whether or not you're a loser. That's where most people get their identity. That's why people have problems. All right, let's take a step back a little bit because the program is called Identity and Destiny. And I got to take the word program off. This is a life-changing study that is full of scripture from one end to the other that every, in my humble opinion, every Christ follower in the United States of America should go through because it is so powerful. But it's called identity and destiny. So which is more important? Which is more impactful, identity or destiny? Well, when I first started the program, I thought that destiny, purpose, would be the most impactful. People would say, wow, if I know my purpose, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, what I should be in, what I shouldn't be in really have a plumb line for their life. But as I worked more and studied more and researched it more, I found out identity is more impactful because it impacts everything. I mean, you know people probably who are they're fearful of success. They have issues around money. It's all because of their identity. Some people who grew up with no money think they should have no money, that they're poor, that they're never going to get out of it. Therefore, they fulfill it. So it impacts everything every area of your life, way beyond just the doing, which is, this is what my destiny is, this is what my purpose is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, and a lot of times, and this is, again, my opinion, somebody can fulfill their destiny, it doesn't matter, I mean, I believe that I could fulfill this destiny in lots of different ways, the purposely equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in a workplace that just because you might head down a different pathway doesn't mean you still can't fulfill your destiny. Correct. But understanding who I am, who my Heavenly Father created me to be, that that's where the power is? That's what you're saying? Yes. Because the enemy doesn't want us to find that out. And I think that's where the battle really came in. Because as I've told everybody, I mean, I said it on the air the last time we were on the air last month, that when I give this study out to people as a gift, I say, listen, first four weeks, no problem. The second four weeks... Are really tough. The enemy does not want you to complete this. He doesn't want you to understand who you are in the Lord. Right. And uh, let me just tell you a little quick story about uh, the power of identity. It's the story of the frog and the scorpion. And the, the frog is in the water. The scorpion wants to go to the other side of the river. So the scorpion says, I can't swim. Frog, can I get on your back and go across the river? And the frog says, well, you're a scorpion. You sting frogs. You kill frogs. I'm not going to do that. He goes, no, no. Why would I do that? I'm going to be in the river just like you. Frog goes, okay, get on. They start going across. We get in the middle. The scorpion stings the frog. He, frog goes, what are you doing? We're both going to die. Scorpion says, I couldn't help it. It's who I am. That's the power of identity. That's the power of identity. I couldn't help it. It's who I am. That's powerful. I like that story. I don't think I've ever heard you tell that story before. I like that story. That's pretty good. So 
take that example. It's who I am. I couldn't help it. Talk to me about people who maybe their identity kept coming out of them, but they just didn't know who it was. I mean, isn't that true that they're that who they were created to be kept coming out of them, but they never took time to actually identify it. I mean, do you see that where people demonstrate it, but they, don't, but they don't even know what they're doing? Oh, yeah. It's like one of those programs that runs in the back of your computer all the time. You don't know it's running, but it's impacting everything that's going on in the computer. Your identity is that subconscious belief of who you are, of what you can do and what you can't do. And it's running there all the time. So it's impacting the way you respond to opportunity, the choices you make, the people, the relationships that you have. It's impacting all of that. So knowing it consciously, you can now start to really fulfill it and live it and work it out. We're talking with Tom Wolf today from Identity and Destiny. And you can find out more about them online at identityanddestiny.com. Listen to me. Keep your hands on the wheel. Wherever you're sitting, I want you to go to this website. This is a study that every Christ follower in the country and around the world should go through. Guaranteed. I, I Listen, I don't make a dime off of endorsing it. I'm telling you, it transformed my life. I will tell you, I have given a book out to 40 or 50 people. Their lives have never been the same because it because of what it's helping you realize. Your identity, who God created you to be, and what he wants you doing with it. How, what you're designed to do, and your assignment. Tom, let's just recap. Where do we get our identity? Where does it come from? Well, unfortunately, most of us get it from the world. TV, culture, siblings, school, peers at school, friends, parents. We get it from everywhere but than where we should. The only place that we should get our identity as to who we are is from Jesus he has an identity for us, and if you can get it, man, it has an impact. You change your identity, you change your life. You're really getting to the root cause when you start working on identity. The rest of the time, you're just working on symptoms. Talk to me about what you've seen when, when, when people go through this process. Well, let me just let me back up that question. I'm going to come to that in a second. I want to, I want to talk about transformation that you've seen. Have you ever seen somebody demonstrate their identity but they didn't know it. Yes. Talk to me about that. Give me an example. Pam. Okay. Talk to me about Pam. She's your wife. She uh, is an entrepreneur, okay. built businesses. Uh, part of, uh, I guess, 15-year period, she had a brokerage business where she was dealing with business owners and uh, buyers, attorneys, and she was in the middle trying to put these things together. So when she got her identity, which was, I am a peacemaker, she said, a peacemaker? I'm battling all the time with all these parties, attorneys, trying to keep the seller in line so that he doesn't say, I'm walking away from this deal, and the buyer from walking away. And then after she started to analyze it and think about it, she said, that's what I've been doing all along. I've been a peacemaker among all these parties to help them pull together this transaction that they all really wanted to have. But they're battling each other and fighting to try and get the best position. And I'm a peacemaker in this deal. And she was demonstrating that. And just without intentionality, it just was coming out of her. And after going through this process, she goes, wow, yeah. I've been living that. She says, I've been living it. I never saw it. Now, she did the same thing. The way to validate this information is you go and you talk to your friends. 
Now, you don't say to them, who am I, and expect them to be able to answer you because <laughs> they won't. They'll stumble. But what you do is you say, I've been working on I, my identity and my purpose. And here's what I've come up with as an identity statement. I'm a peacemaker. And then her friends would say, oh, yeah, that's you. What's the big deal? And she'd go, really? So until you get it out of your subconscious into your conscious mind, and then you can really use it and work with it and get validation from other people, you don't know it. You might be functioning on it, but you don't know it. So let's talk about that impact on people then. When they when they start to see their identity, when you when going through this identity and destiny uh, workbook that you do you call it a program? Do you call it, I mean I want to make sure I say the right thing. Workbook. Workbook. When you go through identity and destiny workbook, when they start to recognize their identity, how does that impact people? Well, what we suggest to them is that once they have their statements, that every morning they should stand up and make their identity and their purpose or destiny statements out loud with some vigor. So when I stand up and I go, I am a source of focus and strength, I get that little tingle, that feeling like you get when you say your purpose, like, yeah, that's me. Well, then what that does is it just reinforces it throughout me, and I start to live it. I start to be a source of focus and strength. I'm a source for myself, but I'm also a source for all the clients that I coach and work with. I keep them focused. I'm a source of strength from the standpoint that I prop them up. So you start to live it, and now it starts to overflow into other people, and you start to uh, grow into it, just like Gideon, (laughs) almighty ruler. Well, guess what? Or warrior. warrior, yeah. Yeah, he became a warrior. So... Uh, you grow into the identity that Christ has for you. But it's much easier to grow into something that you've been that's been spoken about you than to. I mean, I am sure I demonstrated many parts of. Well, I've been a black and white brick for a very long time, but nobody <laughs> would have, nobody ever spoke that into me. Nobody ever told me that my core values were boldness and transparency and and, and integrity. I knew already generosity. I knew, but the boldness part. Like yeah, I've been I've been called to be bold and to speak truth into people. I mean the 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 spiritual gift of prophecy, which is just speaking truth into people. All right, so when somebody starts to learn their identity, all of a sudden it starts to transform who they are. Yes, because they, they it, all of a sudden they start to feel comfortable in their own skin. Well, they accept themselves. It's self uh, acceptance. It's knowledge of self. I mean, it's a belief system. And I heard a great phrase. I don't know who says this, but they say you. Own your beliefs, but your beliefs own you. Think of that. We are what we believe. And if you have a lousy identity because you don't believe you're good enough, which is one that we all carry around, and another one is that nobody's going to take care of you, which is another one we all carry around, you don't think you're good enough, you don't think you're supposed to have wealth, you don't think that you're supposed to be a leader, you live it. So, When you have that identity and you grow into it and you incorporate it and it becomes part of you, you change your whole life. It changes everything. When you understand your identity, you start, I mean, that's, it's powerful. One of the things that, you know, when we went through high school and, you know, people say, well, you know, I'd like to go back and live my high school years again. No, no, (laughs) never. Well, I never would want to go back there. Not that you could, but I never would. 
when you look at, we all knew friends that, you know, there were, there were the groups of people and, and we're pretty similar in age. There were, you know, there, there, there were the jocks, there were the cheerleaders, there were the geeks, uh, there were the nerds, which are different than the geeks. The nerds were all techno people into technology. And then there, there were the, the, uh, we call them the burnouts, people that are just were like, I've given up on whatever. I'm just going to smoke whatever and deal with it. They, but people would migrate towards those people because they at least knew that they'd have an identity right if they if they if they went towards one of those groups they could hang out with those people there were the mean girls I forgot about the mean girls and they weren't always cheerleaders but there were people with all those groups and then there were the bible freaks i was a bible thumper that's what people were like, you're just a bible thumper jim and i'm like yeah absolutely but i'm never gonna hit you over the head with my bible they sometimes call me a jesus freak too that was part of being in the 70s and early 80s yeah so when people there's desperate people are desperately searching for identity Right. I mean, they, they read magazines about identity. They, they 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 want to dress to identify with people. Do you like the Kardashians? Do those people people want to be like the Kardashian people. I don't know why, but they they want to be like that. People want to have Donald Trump hair. I don't know why he doesn't have good hair. What? Why is this such a desperate search for people? Why is learning their identity so important? Uh, well, we have an identity. We want to belong. We want to be accepted. Uh, the group that we join, we're searching for that answer. It's like that hole that Jesus put in each one of our hearts. We're searching for it. And we don't turn to Jesus to get the answer that he has for us. And that's the only person that she, we should uh, measure or give any credit to for who we are. Because he has uh, an idea of who we are why he created us, and how he created us to be this identity. And we have to go to him to get it. All these people are just looking at the world and saying, well, who do I want to identify with and who I want to join? Once you get your identity from the Lord, then what you need to do is you need to really lay out what would that person walk like? What would they talk like? What would they dress like? How would they act? How would they appear and well, so let's let's dig into that really for okay. yourself as you were as you were given that identity to be a source of focus and strength you you're saying okay i, I, I want i got to read biographies of people that have that have demonstrated that right. in the past I, how do they act how do they look what do they dress like what was that like for you what was that sir i mean you didn't know right away who those people would be i mean you've read a lot of biographies who did it end up being well, the one that I read that uh, impacted me the most was uh, Benjamin Franklin's biography. Okay. I just love Ben Franklin, and uh, I lived in Philadelphia for 10 years. That impacted me. I've read his autobiography twice. He was a person of focus and strength. He was a scientist. He was an author. He was a politician. He was a writer, a publisher, a printer. He was an ambassador. This guy achieved so much in the period of time. He was very focused, but he was very strong. He knew who he was. He lived it. He used it. So that type of thing was something that impacted me, so I studied his life. Now, I'm not any of those things uh, to the extent that he was, but... By doing that, by you looking it, at you it. You say that, and I'll speak this into you. You say this, and I've had you and Pam sitting in the studio many times. You say that, but you, when the Lord called you to do this, you did it. When the Lord called you to write this book, Identity and Destiny, 
you had no idea the impact it was going to make. Oh, and now it's already made an impact by on thousands of people. And today, and this show will be listened to by thousands of people over time. This is huge. It's huge. And it, and it was, and the reason when I first went through it, I'm like, well, this isn't obviously of man. It's obviously of God because it's so incredible. And it, and it moved my spirit so much. And I'm like, well, obviously this was God led. So God's already used you in an incredible way. And I know you weren't looking for this, but I want you to, you know, you're saying you're nothing like Ben Franklin. No, you, you got better hair than Ben Franklin. <laughs> from what we know, we don't have any photographs, but, but he made an impact where he can make an impact. Right. And, and but I understand what you're saying. You didn't tell me when I went through it, and I didn't have a coach going through identity and destiny. And I really would recommend if somebody's going to go through this, that they get a coach. But I, yeah. what's funny is Bob Swatland, our buddy from Crown uh-huh. Financial Ministries and that other radio network, um, he got, gave me a, a copy of D.L. Moody's um, biography. Not biography. What it would be? It wouldn't be autobiography. Yeah, it was a biography. And I read it, and I'm like, wow, that's a guy. That I want, I've read a couple of his books now because Bob keeps giving them away and giving them to me. And I'm like, there's a guy I can identify with because he was a bold guy and he spoke truth and he wasn't always received well by people, but, but he made a huge impact, but it wasn't, it was never about him. And so I, I understand that was something I didn't know the studying, but you know, you're not going to dress like Ben Franklin. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, you'd really get a rise then. Well, you go to Philadelphia, you'll find people who do. I but no, I don't intend to do that. But I do intend to, uh, you know, walk like him, talk like him, try and think like him, try to be focused, try to be strong. And I use that in my coaching activity with other people. I try to keep them focused. I try to give them strength. Because, you know, we all need some accountability. We need encouragement. We need support. And that's the source I try to be for people. That's the identity that I got from Jesus, and that's the identity I try to focus on. Let me tell you, it isn't always easy. I go through dark times where I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Nothing's working here. And I have to go back, wait a minute, who am I in God's eyes? Why am I here? Am I on the right path? And that helps me get realigned, you know, like going to the chiropractor and getting your spine realigned, realigns me mentally and emotionally. Well, and it's humbling when you know that your heart has touched people. And John from Largo, Cherie from Lakeland, Myra from Tarpon Springs, Ted from Fort Myers, and Marsha from Sarasota, those people's lives have been changed by your testimony today. Ooh. So uh, that that's incredible when you know that when when you're speaking about a subject that really resonates, people want to know, who did God create me to be? So when, when you understand your identity, and you talk about getting aligned with your identity, trying to understand... What what does a person that has my identity look like, feel like, talk like, dress like? How does it start to impact who they are? Well, identity, you know, when you go to the doctors and you say, oh, I hurt here and I don't feel good there. And he, he he's looking at all the symptoms, but he, uh, at least in Western medicine, they don't go to the root cause. Identity is that root cause. Mm. If you look at a person and you see the way they dress, you see the way they talk, you see the way they act, you can tell whether or not they're confident, whether or not they believe in what they're doing and saying. The root cause is the identity. So you go to the root cause. If you fix the root cause, it's like the doctor. If he fixes the root cause, the pains go away, the aches, all the issues, all the symptoms. Identity is the root cause of a lot of issues for people, relationships job, money, career, the whole thing. 
So how does identity and destiny help people find out what their true identity is? Well, it takes them through a process of uh, looking at all of the, like you had mentioned, the core values, uh, the thinking style, the communication style. Uh, It looks at your beliefs, your passions. In fact, one of the questions that we ask in the passions are, who three are three people that you admire and why? Because that tells us a lot about the individual. When you put that down and you answer that, who are the three people that you admire most and why, describe them, what it does is it gives an individual some insight towards who they want to be, the characteristics they want to be or have and want to live out. Maybe they're not. So they're indicators. So once you know your identity, your God-given identity, how do you incorporate this in your life? And what does that look like? I mean, how did it impact? Let's just, you be personal. How did it impact your life? When you understood that your identity is to be a source of focus and strength, how did that, how did you learn to incorporate that into your life? Well, um, I think I, like Pam, I had been incorporating it in my life all along, but now I had the words to be able to reinforce it and to uh, consciously work with it. So when problems come up, when people are dealing with personal issues, when we've had issues uh, with illness, with our children and things like that, I knew I had to be the one that was strong. I'm the source of strength, okay? Focus. Well, I have a tendency to want to get a lot of balls in the air juggling at one time. In fact, I'll get enough balls juggling in the air one time until they start to fall, and then I realize I have to stop juggling so many. But now I can say, whoa, let's slow down, focus. Where do I really need to spend my time? Where do I need to spend my energy? Let's focus on the few and be better as opposed to focusing on the many and not being as good. So it pulls me back to where I really am and who I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to be living. When you look at the benefits of knowing who we are, how does that start to really, I mean, because it's when your life has been touched by the Lord and we've all been touched by the Lord, but not everybody recognizes that we've Mm -hmm. all got this emptiness inside of us. We try to fill with a bunch of stuff. And a lot of times we're trying to fill that identity with something that's other than Christ. Once we recognize that it's Christ that we need to identify with, and he helps us understand who God created us to be there becomes some inherent benefits because it's like you stop fighting yourself. Right. You become more confident. So when someone says to you or anybody and they criticize you, they put you down, they uh, say something that's not complimentary, instead of responding to defend yourself, you can just go to the source. Wait a minute. I know who I am. I got it directly from Jesus. He knows I'm a source of focus and strength. It doesn't matter what you say. You're meaningless in the picture of time, okay? So it gives you confidence. It gives you freedom. I mean, who doesn't want more confidence? So it, it takes a lot of pressure off out of you because you know who you're supposed to be. You know how you're supposed to be and who how you're supposed to act with it. So now you're not trying to please everybody. I am who I am. This is the way God made me. I don't have to try and please everybody and be everything, be that superhero anymore. Now you can just really be who you are. You can relax. And, uh, you know, that turns into fun, gives you energy, and uh, takes away a lot of the uh, 
issues that people deal with. You'd be surprised how many issues in people's lives start to melt once they really know who they are and they start to live it out. It really clears up the picture. Yes. And to end up doing what you are created to do, my father-in-law has said this to me for years, spoken this into me. I'm not sure I've quite got there yet, but boy, if you if you find a job you love, you'll never go to a work day in your life. And really, you take that so much further. If you find out who you really are in Christ, you'll never waste another moment because you'll 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 thrive in in who God created you to be, wherever you are. Right. But I mean, you just all of a sudden like, well, no, I know I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Who I am comfortable with who I am. Nobody can speak untruth to me anymore. Nobody can lie to me anymore. I know who God created me to be. Correct. And there's a piece about that, a deep, deep, deep piece. You're bulletproof. Tom, Pam has started a new group called Christian Women of Influence. Talk to me about that. It's a mastermind group, which means that she's limiting it to uh, 10 people. She's looking for women of influence. In other words, they're leaders. Maybe they uh, own a business, run a business. Uh, they're in a position where they're running a company or a large division or something like that. So they're a leader, an they're influencer a leader. within the business. Right. And uh, uh, they're going to meet once a month, and uh, there'll be some teaching, but mostly it's going to be dealing with issues. So everybody's going to have an opportunity to present a problem or an issue or something they're dealing with at work or at life, at home, relationship, you know, physically, intellectually, who knows what the issue might be, but they get the input from 10 other people. We're all going through life making decisions all the time. Decisions in our business, the decision about our relationship, decisions about life. So if we can either make them by ourselves in a vacuum, or we could get the input of nine other people with their life experiences and get that value, which decision do you think is going to be better? So how do people find out more about Christian Women of Influence and your beautiful bride running that group? Uh, they could call her at 813-968-9792. That's 813-968-9792. Or they could email her, pam at identityanddestiny.com. The and is written out, A-N-D. So pam at identityanddestiny.com. All right, Tom, great conversation today. Thanks for being here on I Work For Him. Love it. Thank you. Next month. Are we going to do Destiny next month? I don't know. Let's see. All right. Well, you have to tune in. Tune in. <laughs> find out, check out the schedule on iWorkForHim.com. Next time, Tom Wolf's going to be back on here. I know Pam will be joining us as well. All right. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to our show sponsors. Please go out to our website, iWorkForHim.com. Go to the bottom of the first page. See all their logos. Go out there. Check out their websites. Please do business with them. These are people that are making an impact all over Tampa Bay. When you get home today, join the I Work For Him Nation. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. What did you learn today about how we're going to take this city for Christ? You know, we learned today that our faith can impact our workplace by helping people find their identity. There's no more powerful tool that we've been given than identityanddestiny.com to bring into our workplaces. This isn't just for Christ followers. It will lead people to Christ, but everybody wants to know who they've been created to be. Everybody searches for identity. Everybody does. They want to know. You've got the answers right here. You've got a tool your Heavenly Father's got the answers, but you've got a tool called Identity and Destiny that can help them through this. If you're a leader in a business, this is something you should take your whole group through. And there's Identity and Destiny 
people that have been assigned by Tom and Pam that can help lead your team through this together. Go out to identityanddestiny.com. This is so important because we understand there's an epic battle out there for the souls of our coworkers and employees. This can help them find out who they've been created to be. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. For him.